Nitish Kumar has done it again. He has walked out of the alliance with BJP yet again and has joined hands with the RJD, Congress and the left parties to form the government in Bihar. He took the oath of office for the eighth time on Wednesday afternoon. What's next for Nitish Kumar? Listen in to know more. Hello, this is Navoita Ganguly. Welcome to the BL podcast. The BJP and the JDU parted ways in 2013 and 2017, but they reconciled their differences and formed an alliance. Now, why did Nitish Kumar leave the alliance? How will this impact Bihar's politics? Seeing that elections are right around the corner in the state, and could Nitish Kumar play a significant role in national politics too? I am joined today by Purnima Joshi, Chief of Bureau, New Delhi, to understand the paradigm shift in Bihar politics better. Purnima, ma'am, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thanks. My first question is: Why is Nitish Kumar leaving the NDA now? What triggered this move? See, there are a couple of things. It started from the time that. Nitish and BJP fought the elections together in 2020, mm-hmm. and see BJP. You have to locate it in the context of the BJP's expansionist designs and uh, the so-called Operation Lotus, which is in Karnataka, in Goa, in uh, the Northeast, and uh, now with the Shiva Sena, the BJP has mastered the art of breaking into regional parties or opposition parties. poaching the uh, legislators and then forming the governments now what's happened in uh, maharashtra is a very stark example of how the bjp will aggressively snatch power from the opposition whether it be it by bribing be it by poaching be it by convincing or be it by unleashing the central agencies like enforcement directorate or scaring the opponents into joining them now nitish has sensed this trend and it started in bihar from 2020 where the process of weakening the jdu had been started by the bjp by fielding chirag paswan who was a uh, who was a component of the nda then he quit the nda and floated a separate party separate uh, sort of unit of electioneering in 2020 and with the bjp's help he put up candidates everywhere now chirag paswan himself didn't with when many seats in he in fact won only one seat in bihar but he managed to dent the jdu quite a bit so he was as lalu would say vote katwa for uh, for jdu and nitish kumar's uh, tally went down in 2020 whereas the bjp scored bjp is the second largest party in uh, bihar after the rjd now so nitish kumar had sensed it at that time he knew it that his uh, alliance partner was out to undercut him and this process kept on and uh, his discomfort was was growing the latest flash point was this uh, union minister who was a member of the jdu he's a former president of the bjp of the jdu a man called rcp singh who became minister in the modi cabinet he was given the steel ministry and he started to uh, what the jdu is called be the trojan horse for the bjp and uh, started poaching on mlas started doing the bjp's bidding within the G- jdu so jdu denied him a rajya sabha tenure following which he had to quit the union ministry 
And since then, there's been trouble. He's being openly accused by the JDU of working at the behest of the BJP and trying to split the JDU. So while all of this is going, this is a this is a bid for survival. So Nitish Kumar obviously feels that he's better off with the RJD, uh, which is there's bad blood between them because Nitish, Nitish Kumar had bad, backstabbed Lalu Yadav after having won the 2015 mandate and then jumped over the, to the BJP. That was quite unexpected. And now uh, Nitish Kumar has gone back to the RJD, obviously believing that throwing his lot with the RJD will, will make his political survival stronger than remaining with the BJP, which is constantly chipping away at his vote bank, targeting him, splitting the JDU. So all of this is going on. Uh, and uh, consolidating his his vote along with the along with the RJD is probably a better chance of survival than the BJP. So those are his calculations, and there are still three years to go for the BR elections, between which will come the 2024 Lok Sabha elections. Now, Bihar is a will be difficult to predict, but at the moment it is a dent for the BJP in the sense that they've lost a government in a political crucial state and lost an ally uh, like Nitish Kumar, even in his uh, diminished state, is an acceptable face in Bihar. He's, uh, he's a long-standing leader. He's uh, been chief minister for a very long time. And BJP doesn't have a leader to match him. So they'll depend in two, uh, 2024 entirely on uh, the prime minister's image and standing in, uh, in Bihar to win the, the kind of sweep that they did in uh, 2019. So right now it looks like a dent for the BJP in Bihar, but we'll have to just wait and see. Okay, all right. Could you explain a bit about the troubled JDU-BJP relationship? You see, the thing is that uh, the BJP has grown in Bihar at the back of Nitish Kumar. They have been allies for a very long time, JDU and BJP. So before Nitish Kumar's troubles with apparently with the Narendra Modi started and he quit the NDA, citing the fact that, you know, a polarized figure like Narendra Modi cannot be his leader, etc. The point is that BJP was not a big force in Bihar. Bihar is a, is a very, is a politically alive state. It has seen a lot, lot of uh, radical agrarian movements. It has seen the Naxalite movement. And even now, if you look at it, the radical political outfits like the CPI ML Liberation has 12 seats in Bihar. The left altogether, CPI, CPM and CPI ML Liberation, together, they have 16 seats in, in the Bihar Assembly. They're all supporting Nitish Kumar. Now, this, this state has, has uh, what is called in terms of land distribution patterns. It's, it's governed by something, still governed by something by the remnants of the permanent settlement, wherein the upper caste own a lot of land. And unlike UP, where Zamindari Abolition Land Sealing Act, it did serve as a catalyst in redistribution of land. Also in Bengal, the communists imposed the land reforms. Bihar has seen no such movement. And a lot of land is still held in Bihar by the upper caste. So there is a, there is a very strong upper caste forward backward divide in in bihar owing to the land distribution patterns and the backward castes have been radicalized to a large extent unlike in the neighboring up there have been very strong radical left movements in bihar uh, and till 
till the 1990s, there used to be massacres, you know, Lakshmanpur Bathe, where the Dalits who formed the bedrock of support for the Naxalites, they fought literally armed wars with the upper caste armies. There was an army uh, created by the upper, upper caste called the Ranbir Sena, which fought armed conflicts with the, with the Naxals in, uh, in Bihar. So that being the flashpoint and that being the history and the context of Bihar, a party that is largely seen as an upper caste party, like the, like the BJP, had no real, and, and the number of upper castes in Bihar is smaller as compared to UP, which, which has about, you know, 10, 11% Brahmin, uh, you know, it has about 7, 8% uh, Thakurs, and then there are the Kayas and the Vaishas. So Bihar altogether will not see more than 12 to 13%, and that also is the upper end of the upper caste. Uh, so in number, they're small. In terms of land ownership, they, they, they have more land. They're seen as more prosperous and uh, elite. And there is a history of conflict between backward and forward. Now, in that context, the BJP, which was seen as, an, as a Brahmin Banya party, it did a lot of social engineering. And with the help of the JDU, which was a remnant of the social, socialists, and it found its, its base among the Dalits, among the uh, lower OBCs, etc., JDU. Along with them, the BJP had a plausible sort of plan in Bihar, and they worked well. They had they won several elections with uh, Nitish Kumar, uh, and Lalu Yadav, on the other hand, consolidated the La- Yadavs who are who are the main chunk of more dominant OBCs. But he also he also was a leader of the Dalits and and so on. Lalu was a was a big leader in Bihar. So opposing Lalu was this JDU BJP force. Now, BJP having over the years cannibalized a lot of Nitish Kumar's vote, etc., especially in the last three, four years with Amisha and Narendra Modi literally sort of wooing the, uh, the MBCs, the EBCs, the, the Dalits, you know. So now BJP now feels that they are in a stronger position having cannibalized on Nitish Kumar, uh, but they still need him. They still kept him despite having fielded Chirag Paswan against him. Uh, which was a very open secret in Bihar elections in 2020. They still kept him because BJP still wants a face like Nitish Kumar on their side, not uh, not wanting a situation where there is a backward caste consolidation, uh, which is what Nitish Kumar wants right now, having collaborated with Lalu Yadav's party. Uh, and this combination, Mahagad Bandhan, mind you, in 2015 election, they swept, they defeated the BJP. Mm. So... So the conflict between BJP and JDU is now that BJP is growing, it's expanding, and it's it's kind of expanding at the cost of Nitish Kumar. And Nitish Kumar wants to prevent that. So that's why he's joined hands with his former comrades and hoping to uh, stem the BJP's growing tide. That is the conflict. Okay, all right. And what about the dynamics of the RJD-JDU-Congress combined? Like... Why did they split in the first time? Yeah, well, at that time, Nitish Kumar felt that his own image was taking a beating. There was also talk of some kind of scam, which the BJP was keeping under wraps to kind of terrorize Nitish Kumar, uh, the Srijan scam. Now, we don't know what the fate of that is, but given the BJP's tendencies to use the central investigating agencies to terrorize uh, political opponents, this was a very plausible explanation for 
Nitish Kumar to dump uh, Lalu Yadav immediately after, I mean, not so soon, after, the, after having won an election with him. So there, were a, there was a combination of factors. Uh, one, that Nitish Kumar felt that Lalu Yadav's party and his sons and their corruption, etc., alleged corruption, was denting his image. The second was the BJP's uh, sort of use of central investigating agencies to sort of beat Nitish Kumar with you know, with the talk of a scam, which in, in allegedly involved him. And so that uh, was uh, used to browbeat him. I mean, look at what happened to Lalu Yadav. He spent uh, many years in prison. The investigating agencies were, were used to target Lalu. And he's literally half his, uh, I mean, he's lost his health. His, uh, he's a very shrunken image of what he was in 2015. That was, that was the Lalu who beat uh, BJP in Bihar. So... The calculations in two th- when he when he quit uh, the Mahagat Bandhan of Lalu Yadav and uh, uh, other parties was that the BJP it was probably safer for him to be, be with the BJP and there was talk of of in the background using some scam to terrorize him or browbeat him into joining the Saffron Coalition. So B- Nitish Kumar probably thought it was safer for him to be with the BJP. But now he obviously thinks that the BJP is, uh, is uh, out to cannibalize his party, which is why it's probably safer for him to jump ship and join hands with his old, old comrades and make a backward coalition again on the lines of 2015 and target the BJP. That would be his best bet. Okay, all right. Chirag Paswan has demanded for fresh elections and said that Nitish has betrayed the people's mandate twice. So is there a possibility of elections happening soon? In I Bihar? don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think uh, that is a possibility at all because RJD has a lot of seats in Bihar. It is the biggest party in Bihar. And um, uh, Nitish, with Nitish Kumar's party, it's, it's in a dominant position in Bihar. Plus they have the left party supporting them, 16 seats from them. Plus they have the Hindustani Awam Morcha of uh, Jitan Ram Manji supporting them which has uh, four additional seats. So Chirag Paswan himself has only one seat in the Bihar Assembly, you know. So I don't see in terms of numbers, I mean, betraying the mandate, he betrayed the mandate, uh, you know, when he quit the Mahagat Bandhan and joined the BJP. So at that time, the BJP and Chirag Paswan didn't think that he had betrayed the mandate, you know. So RJD with 79 MLAs, JDU with 45 MLAs, Congress with 19 MLAs, uh, and the left parties altogether, 16 MLAs, plus uh, Hindustani Awam Morcha with uh, with four MLAs, and uh, also Asaduddin Novesi's parties, AIM, AIMIM, has one seat in Bihar. So it, in the 243-member assembly, they have the numbers. And uh, I don't think there is, any, uh, there is any danger of any fresh election in Bihar. All right. So with this move, do you think Kumar will lose people's mandate? And what does this mean for Bihar politics as a whole? See, the thing is that Nitish Kumar lost his credibility when he quit Lalu Yadav's Mahagad Bandhan. Uh, because that time the mandate was clearly for the Mahagad Bandhan and Nitish Kumar betrayed it. And he joined hands with the BJP. But subsequently, they won the election. Nitish Kumar and BJP came on tops. Uh, although RJD won a lot of seats, they were not they, they were not enough to to counter Nitish Kumar and BJP. So if he had lost his credibility 
after having quit the Mahagadbandhan and joining the BJP. Then, then he, would, he would not have ideally won the uh, elections, which he did in 2020 with the BJP, right? So uh, obviously there is no integrity here. There is, uh, Nitish Kumar is, uh, has betrayed his alliance partners many times over. First the BJP, then Lalu Yadav, then uh, the BJP again now. So, but in terms of real politic, the games that are being played in Bihar by the BJP, are far more uh, dangerous for the health of the regional parties like uh, uh, Nitish Kumar because BJP obviously believes, just as was the case of uh, Shivasena, that uh, you know Shivasena quit the BJP uh, Gadbandan because they felt that the BJP was undermining them after long years of Shivasena's supremacy in Maharashtra. So BJP is now emerging as the uh, as the central pole of Indian politics where they want to finish off the. Uh, regional parties and they are succeeding quite a bit because of they, because they have power in this in the central this thing they are a rich party they are able to lure people they are used able to use the carrot and stick policy so regional parties fear for their existence now so in that getting together with each other combining vote shares is probably what they think is going to save them although it did not save the Samajwadi party and uh, BSP combination in uh, in Uttar Pradesh, in in the Lok Sabha, uh, you know. So, uh, but Bihar is a little different from Uttar Pradesh uh, for the reasons that I explained of land distribution patterns, also history of strong radical movements. So, Bihar politics is pan, pans out a little differently. But we have to still wait and watch about how the electorate perceives this latest maneuver by Nitish Kumar. So you mentioned that regional parties are fearing their existence as of now. So is there a possibility of BJP emerging as a centralized party in India? It is already the the main pole uh, mm-hmm. of Indian politics, BJP. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, despite their uh, weaknesses in the south, also in the east. Uh, east is one area they, where they're looking to expand quite a bit. You know, especially in, in Bengal, they've done quite well. Although Mamta Banerjee has won the election, they did quite well in Lok Sabha in Bengal. They would be looking at Odisha as a, uh, as a low-hanging free, fruit because, they, you know, Namin Patnaik is getting older and the BJP is the principal opposition party in Odisha. And uh, in the South, they are, although they, have, they, they are nowhere in Tamil Nadu, they still, they still try to capture the space left out in AIA, DMK. They tried to intervene in that battle between uh, factional battle with, within the AIA, DMK. They are going strong in Kerala. They are increasing their vote bank in Kerala. Karnataka, they've already formed a government, you know. So BJP is a, is the most, is the strongest pole of politics in, in, in India right now. It's an expanding force. All right. And my last question would be, what next for Nitish Kumar? Do we see him as the opposition face for the prime minister's position in 2024? Could he take on prime minister Narendra Modi? I doubt it very much. I think Nitish Kumar has lost his credibility. Mm-hmm. He could have if he had stuck with the Margaret Bandhan in, uh, after 2015, which he did not. So he lost his credibility. With what face can he be a, a secular alliance against the BJP's communal politics, so-called, you know? But we, one never knows in, in politics what happens next. He's also getting older. 
So I don't see him emerging as the prime minister face of the opposition alliance as of now. But one never knows what happens in politics. It's all a matter of chance. Yeah. Yes, that's true. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Purnima. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you like it, please share it amongst your friends and family. Thank you. This is Nabodita Ganguly.